0: Seconds
1: left on the rain. Second power play. Brzezinski forward across the line. Triggered two on one. Brzezinski shoots and scores.
0: You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. However, the views and opinions expressed are solely those of the host and other contributors. They do not necessarily represent those of the Los Angeles
1: Kings. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. If you're anything like me, and I suspect all of you are at least a little bit like me, you've been watching the NHL playoffs with this pit in your stomach because the Kings are not participating. Well, I have good news for you, Kings fans. There is a cure for that pit. Uh, The Ontario Reign begin their first round matchup against the San Diego Gulls tonight in San Diego. Now, I don't expect any of you to make the trek down to San Diego on a Friday night, but tomorrow... Tomorrow night, you guys, Game 2 is being played in Ontario. and This is your opportunity to watch LA Kings' Adrian Kempe, Johnny Brodzinski, Paul LeDoux face off in the playoffs against the Mighty Gulls of San Diego, who are, as you all know, the Anaheim Ducks affiliate team. Tickets are still, still available as of right now, but I have two pairs of tickets to give away to Saturday Night's Game. So email me at kingsmenpodcast at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Twitter or Instagram, send me a Snapchat, all of those accounts, Kingsmen Podcast. one word. Tell me why you deserve the tickets and answer this question, who led the rain in scoring during last year's playoffs? Get in touch with me as soon as possible. I will pick the winners for the two pairs of tickets. Your name will be placed at Will Call, and you will get a chance to watch the rain take on the Gulls tomorrow night at Citizens Business Bank Arena in Ontario. Now, here's a preview of that series. We've got Lindsey Zarneski, we've got Joey Z, we've got Craig Elston, voice of the Gulls. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you follow the Rain through the Calder Cup playoffs. Joining me today, the voice of the Ontario Rain, Joey Z. How are you doing today, Joe? Doing very well. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. So the Ontario Rain face off against the San Diego Gulls in the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs. Uh, having played each other four out of the last five games on the schedule, meaning they could potentially play each other nine out of the last 10 games. Uh, These teams do not like each other, correct?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, to say it's a rivalry is an understatement, to be honest with you, just the way things went down. In fact, I was looking over the numbers of of the last game that we played, or the last two games, in fact, to to wrap up the regular season, and you have over 100 penalty minutes, uh, several fighting majors, a handful of game misconduct. So to say the animosity is alive and well is probably more, more like it, and I was actually reading an article last night uh, down in San Diego from the San Diego uh, Union Tribune. I saw, I that, saw that article. You know, they, 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 called it a, they called it a hatred, a hatred <laughs> for each other, and I think that's, that's getting closer. I mean, certainly that's a strong word, but my goodness, I mean, the way these two teams have played and then previous history, 12 meetings in the regular season. You can even toss in a couple of preseason bouts. Uh, yeah, there's no, uh, there's no love between these two.
1: And p- faced each other uh, in last year's playoffs as well.
2: Yes, and that was a great uh, – that was the Pacific Division Finals last year, second round of postseason, the best of seven, in which uh, Lorraine had the upper hand in that one, uh, defeating him in five games. So I know that uh, there's a lot of players on that team that have not forgotten about that. Certainly their head coach and Dallas Eakins has not forgotten about that, uh, that playoff series either. So I know there's going to be a lot of people in San Diego and a lot of players on San Diego that are going to be looking for a little, uh, a little revenge of sorts uh, from that postseason series.
1: Now, the Gulls have a lot of guys playing up for the Ducks uh, due to injury, and the rain have imported a handful of kids um, from the minors, sort of brought them in last second. You've got Chaz Redikop, who I think is 19 years old, Matt Luff, I believe, is 19 years old, plus your Linton Yemis, your Kempe's, your Sharipsianov's, a, a bunch of young guys. Um, but that animosity still lasts through, uh, through all these new faces? Absolutely, and I think it's because we have so we have a
2: good core group around them. In terms of Sean Backman and, and Vincent Laverdi and Justin Auger and Andrew Crescenzi and and players that were here last year. That if if some of these young guys do not know anything about the rivalry, they they'll, they'll quickly understand. And and uh, and Matt Roy, in fact, uh, he learned about the rivalry pretty quickly here in that last home game of the series. Uh, he got into a fight against the former member of the Reign and Scott Saberin and. And that was a pretty big, uh, pretty big battle out at center center ice. So if, 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 if they need a firsthand experience, they they received it in those last couple of games, but uh, they understand what's at stake. And, and uh, just with all the, the excitement around the series. And, and of course, whenever these two teams get together, no matter when the stage is set, it's uh, it's always going to be amped up another level in terms of fan interest, uh, media interest. And then of course the coaches get into it as well. And, the rain ended up defeating the goals in that series last year. That was that great photo of uh, head coach Mike Stellers with his hand above his head in a, in a similar Rocky pose. You know that's <laughs> that's how far and how deep it goes, and it even stretches to the front office. So,
1: so for these young kids to
2: come in here and and you know they're they're wrapping up their junior careers, they're just trying to get a taste of the professional life. I mean, boy. If there's ever a, a remember-when moment of my first professional game and it's against the San Diego Gulls, that's something they're going to be remembering for a while.
1: Now, obviously, the two teams are the affiliate teams of the Ducks and the Kings. They're obviously geographically close to each other. The fans travel extremely well from San Diego. We've got a a, a weird format for the first round where it's one game in each town back and forth. There's no two games in San Diego, two games in Ontario, one in San Diego. Um, do you think that format uh, helps or hurts the rain? It's a, it, it's,
2: it's certainly unique. And it was something that we actually had last year too. In that, in that best of seven series where it just went back and forth and back and forth. And I think, I think it actually, in terms of fan base and fan interest, it keeps people engaged more just because it's not two games here and then you're you're gone for, you know, if you do it weekend to weekend, right. like, a, like you see a lot in the American Hockey League, you know, then you're gone for essentially two weeks and then you can potentially come back for more games. So going back and forth certainly keeps the fan engagement up. And then, of course, a lot of people being so close are actually going to make the drive down. To San Diego, and then I know a lot of their fans will be making the drive up for Game Two on Saint or, uh, on Saturday here at Citizens Business Bank Arena. So just to have that so close, and then as you mentioned, you know, being so close to Anaheim as well, um, if it's if they're not from San Diego but they're from Anaheim, and, and all the hype that the Ducks are putting together with that nice sweep they uh, they completed last night with Calgary, um, they'll come out and, and check out the uh, the future of the Anaheim Ducks, if you will. So I think I think it helps to be honest with you with fan engagement. I know for travel purposes and. And bus bookings and hotel nights and and things of that nature. It's not always kind of the, the director of hockey ops, but I think for fans, for fan interest, for tickets and and merchandise and overall uh, to fuel that animosity, just because it is back and forth. It's not uh, you know online bantering or anything like that. It's it's in your face. It's it's a physical presence at the games. So I think I think it helps to be honest with you to answer your question ultimately.
1: Well, Kings fans, I know it's a long drive to make it out for a seven p.m. puck drop in San Diego on a Friday <laughs> night but Saturday night in Ontario um, I mean an opportunity to watch uh, a lot of players that we're now familiar with Brodzinski Kempe um, Purcell Ledoux uh, what does it mean to the team to have these guys back from the Kings
2: oh tr- I mean it's a tremendous support and Johnny Brodzinski he picked up two goals in the last game Uh, The wrap of the regular season leads the team with 27 goals at the end of the regular year. Uh, Adrian Kempe, of course, we all, you know, with with what we saw down in LA and it's mirrored what we saw here, that tremendous speed and a fantastic shot. And then for Paul Ledoux to jump back in and add some NHL experience for a young guy on that blue line. I know they'll not only have some of the veteran defenders, you know, happy to have him out there because he's so consistent in this play, but some of the young guys too will 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 be building him up just because of he's finishing up his first full rookie season coming out of college. So to have those guys back and, and to have that boost that they give to the locker room, um, is, is tremendous. And then you mentioned Teddy, per, uh, Purcell and, and Jeff Zachoff is here as well. A lot of veterans, Ted, uh, TG Hensick, Sean Backman, I mentioned earlier, to have those guys uh, to be a calming presence that have, that have been here before that have won a championship with the Kings AHL affiliate in, in previous years is, uh, is is, is going to help and i think you get that healthy mix and and it's only going to fuel for for success and and you can rely on on that young spirit if you need it but you can also rely on that veteran presence if you need a a calming experience in that locker room.
1: is there a way for kings fans who maybe can't make the trek out to ontario for whatever reason um is there a way for them or down to san diego on friday night is, is there any way to watch the games online or or on tv for for fans to, to stay in touch
2: there is uh, there is an online subscription AHL uh, on AHL Live. You can go to the AHL webpage, which is VAHL.com, or uh, or if you Google search AHL Live, it'll pop up. It is a paid subscription service. You can do multiple options if you want to follow just one team or you want to go game to game, um, anything along those lines. But I know uh, our audio stream we've been pushing uh, on multiple levels, not only through uh, OntarioRain.com, or team website, but through uh, our applications on TuneIn. The Los Angeles Kings uh, were gracious enough to uh, lend us some of their digital platforms, including their uh, Kings app, in which the, the audio stream will be on there as well. So there'll be plenty of ways to follow along. And then, of course, we'll have uh, video highlights after uh, every game as well as uh, game previews. So we'll have more than enough to, to, to give you that hockey fix and to, and to keep you updated with the uh, Ontario right here in the playoffs.
1: And if they can make the trek out to Ontario, and believe me, they should. King fans, and I've been saying this for the last two years, but really – it's a fantastic building. It's there's not a bad seat in the house. It's it's great. The team is fun. It's full of young players you recognize and it's an opportunity to root against the ducks in person. Um which we don't have right <laughs> now. <laughs> so uh, if they want to buy tickets, where's the best place to do that?
2: Um uh, you can go to the website, OntarioRain.com, dot com, and we have the big ticket tab and single game tickets available. Um also access dot com or AxisFamily, uh a x s dot com and then uh searching uh, the Ontario Rain in the ad where – uh ad bar there, but uh, from what I've heard, and I've heard a lot of talk in the the front office yesterday and the day before of just the excitement surrounding this series uh, with San Diego, these are games like no other, so if you want to grab those tickets, grab them fast, it looks like it's going to be a a capacity crowd for game number two on Saturday night
1: Oh man, I can't wait, it was a ton of fun last year, and I just went to the last game the last home game of the season against the Gulls Uh, two fights in the first period, the crowd was into it, there were kids running around handing out stacks of of signs they had made themselves that say the Gulls suck um, they just zero- <laughs> Xeroxed up, them. I don't know how many, probably had a couple hundred each. They're just running around handing them out. So Kings fans, I do encourage you to go check it out. Joey, thank you very much.
2: Oh, Jesse, it was a great to talk hockey with you, and I look forward to coming back soon.
1: Joining me now, Ontario Rain Insider, Lindsey Zarneski. How are you doing today, Lindsay?
3: Jesse, how are you doing? Been
1: a uh, while. Yeah, it has been. It turns out there's not a lot of King's hockey to talk about when they miss the playoffs. Um, look, I don't envy you, Lindsay, because you have to drive from uh LA to San Diego, what, at least twice uh in the next week, uh and out to Ontario Ooh. um with this uh what Craig Elston has dubbed the uh the ping pong format uh in the, yes. first, <laughs> the first round of the playoffs. Um, but it must be nice. I mean, at least you don't have to fly out to, uh, to somewhere crazy, but the, uh, Ontario Reign obviously have received, uh, Adrian Kempe, Johnny Brodzinski, Paul Ledoux uh, back from the LA Kings. And so I'm curious if you've had a chance to talk to any of those players, uh, in the week or two, uh, since the NHL season ended, uh, to find out what they, uh, expect to have brought to their game as a result of their NHL experience.
3: Well, I think it varies from player to player because both of them were obviously up for, you know, a, one's a little bit longer than the other. Uh, Ledoux was up there for for quite some time. And, mm-hmm. and when I talked to him, he just said, you know, getting used to that type of pace just really helped him. He, he knows it's a very fast game, having to make quick decisions, um, that sort of thing. And then Kempe was up for the certain amount of time that that he was. And I think for him, too, it was just, a confidence thing, uh, being able to use his speed. I think he realized that that's his biggest asset and he needs to continue to use that both in the offensive zone uh, and on the forecheck and also on the back check and, and that sort of thing. And uh, uh, But all of them just really, the thing that struck me the most, I think, was how excited they were that their season wasn't over. I mean, uh, Kempe said that you know, he it was obviously disappointing that the Kings didn't make the playoffs, but um, he didn't want the season to be over yet. They're all very excited to be back. Uh, obviously, for Brodzinski, um, kind of a different feel for him, just because he was kind of a late-season call-up. He wasn't really in every game. Um, kind Of just got the chance to really get an idea of, of what the, the games are like. But he mentioned, you know, just being really excited to have a chance to really make an impact again, uh, be a big power play guy, penalty kill guy, a player who, who plays a lot of minutes. And so um, in this series, I mean, just the fact that the Rain are able to return these three players, uh, I guess it's the one blessing in disguise that the fact that the Kings have missed the postseason is that the Rain are getting back some players who are, who are very key players for them i mean johnny brudzinski finished the season with with 27 goals still the highest for the Reign, even though he was he was out t- towards the end there with when he was with the kings and um we kind of know what paul to do can do at, at this point and just having those guys come back is just a huge addition for the rain it's a, it's a huge benefit
1: did you get the sense from talking to the coaching staff that they expect anything more of those players as a result of their experience or are they just Going to come back in, fill the role they previously did, and hopefully by osmosis they will have amplified their games.
3: Well, Stutz, when you talked to him, he said he wants them to, you know, keep that higher level with them and then bring others along with them. And I thought that was kind of a key thing that he said when we were talking about them coming back. It's not so much filling into the role, like you said, like they, they that they held before. It's, you know, keeping that elevated play that they got at the NHL level and then can convincing through their own play to get other players with them to elevate uh with them and i thought in their first couple of games back that they were very good especially in their first game when they all three played um against Stockton, I thought it was very evident that they were trying to kinda of get under the skin of of those three guys, um, maybe a little rough stuff after the whistle, kinda of see how see how they react, you know, being back in the AHL and I thought all three of them really responded uh very well. Brodzinski kinda of had a breakout game and in the last game scoring two goals. So um I kinda of get the Ledou sat out a little bit. You kinda of wonder think there might be a chance that maybe he's banged up a little bit, but others did say he was trying to get a chance to see guys like Matt Roy and Chaz Riddickop, uh, you know, kind of these black ACE guys get a chance to get in the lineup to see how they can perform against San Diego. Cause, because obviously the rain faced San Diego for their last five games. So that was a good kind of precursor to this series and just a chance for some of the younger players to get a, to get a look too.
1: Yeah. I was really happy to see Matt Luff, uh, get in some games. I, I, it's the only name I remember. From the uh the prospect camp this past summer. Um, and he stood out to me. Obviously, he's a, a huge guy, so it's easy for him to stand out. Um, another player who uh who got more experience this season than maybe everybody expected was Jack Campbell, named um mm-hmm. player of the week, I believe, for the last uh week of the AHL season. You know, I think when he was brought in, obviously nobody knew Jonathan Quick was gonna get injured, nobody knew Jeff Zadkoff was gonna get injured, and nobody knew Peter Budai was gonna spend the entire season in the, in the NHL. Um, what have you seen in the evolution of Jack Campbell, not only as a player, but also as an integral part of the Ontario Reign this season?
3: Hmm. Well, I think he's been, it's been his story really the season that's kind of stood out just because of what you said. I mean, the rain were coming into this season thinking that Peter Budai was going to be their number one goalie. And, you know, things happen very quickly when Jonathan quick goes down and, um, he was an opportunist in this position. I mean, Jack Campbell kind of had the opportunity to take on this number one role and, and see what he could do with it. And he finished first in the AHL and wins with 31. I mean, at one point in time, he started 36 straight games. So um, it's impressive what he's been able to do. And I think, I I mean, I followed his career, obviously, as much as maybe the next person, knowing how high of a draft pick he was Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, kind of a letdown that he had in his career with with the Dallas organization. And um, from just talking to him this season, it just seems like he's been able to change his focus mentally, maybe get over some of the humps, get over the things that, um, you know, just were tough for him in the past. I think maybe more of the mental side of the game. And that's a lot where Dusty Emu has came in and, and helped him with that. But, you know, a lot of his teammates say that he does a good job of keeping the rink at the rink. And um, I think that's a big thing for a player in, in his position where it is so stressful, but I mean, he's had a heck of a season. I think now is really going to be the true test to see, can he carry the, the rain on a playoff run?
1: One of the things that stood out to me the most about him this season and obviously we don't get a chance to see a ton of media coverage of him but he's a he's a young goalie right you know obviously he was highly ranked and called the mm-hmm. goalie of the future out Dallas so I mean you you know there will always be people that are eager to label somebody a bust but um he's still very young in his career but every time I saw him interviewed every chance he had an opportunity to talk about himself and obviously the questions were frequently about you know, the path that his career has taken. He always seemed to mm-hmm. give the perfect answer in a way that Jonathan quick, uh, often does. And, and is one of the things that has stood out to me about Jonathan quick. You know, he always gives credit to his teammates. He always talks about any awards that he wins are actually team awards. Um, in any interviews he did around the all-star game or, or now near the end of the year. Um, do you get that sense about him that he, that he is that sort of, I mean, he just seems like a really nice guy. Obviously we don't know athletes in their personal lives, but do you get that sense that he's um, truly committed to that sort of identity as a ultimate team player?
3: Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the things that strikes you a lot with Jack. I mean, uh, every teammates, uh, Stuthers talks about it a lot, just that he is such a nice guy. Uh, And, you mentioned it too. And and that vibe just kind of comes through during when you interview him. Um, And I just think too, with, with Jack, I mean, he's been a good story to root for. I think his, his teammates are behind him. Uh, Stuggers is behind him. A lot of the fans are behind him. People are surprised by the way that he's played, but as far as him kind of having that uh, Jonathan quick type, perfect answer, I think, he he does always credit his teammates that that is something that always seems to come to mind, but I don't think he's as, I don't, it's hard to explain, but I think with Jonathan quick, he's very, uh, can be like very short and to the point where, whereas Jack kind of, um, I don't think anything is maybe like staged. He's not really like, uh, thinking anything as far as I got to say it this, this right, certain way. Right. I think that's just how he feels
1: now the uh the gulls are sort of um, in an opposite situation as the Kings, where the ducks have so many uh good goalies, including two former king's goalies in Bernier and Enroth, that uh the the gulls are now the beneficiary of uh, of an NHL goalie as their starting goalie. Um, mm-hmm. Can Jack Campbell you know is his ceiling high enough that he can legitimately compete? in performance with a Jonas Enroth, or is the team going to have to help him um, out-duel his, his uh, counterpart in net?
3: I think that's a big story of the series, to be honest, because we don't really know what Jack Campbell can do in the playoffs. He has very limited uh, playoff experience with, with Texas. And so um, with the rain, with their full roster, I think that's going to be the, big telling i think jack campbell obviously lost the last game of the regular season gave up five goals uh you look at that and you say well can he hang with this team but you have to remember too that the Rain were without a lot of their key defensemen in that game uh even uh, plenty of key forwards i mean guys like vincent laverde were out of the lineup paula do cameron Schilling. so um I think with the rain as a full package, Jack Campbell is a great goalie in that position, but you sort of wonder if Enroth has that playoff experience, that NHL experience that just comes with being a goaltender that's been around for a while. So I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. When I talked to Stuthers about it, um, about this sort of same topic, he said, you know, they're both kind of similar because they're both trying to have something to prove. Right. I mean, uh, Enroth Roth thinks that, he should be an NHL goalie and Campbell's here trying to continue this kind of story, storybook season. But uh, when I look at Enroth, I think too, I mean, he was obviously very vocal when, um, in his last season with the Kings that he was kind of upset with the fact of uh, the amount of playing time that he got behind Jonathan Quick. So it's really a chance for him to, to, you know, maybe get some revenge against this organization. So, I mean, a little bit of both of them have, you know, something to play for here.
1: The uh, two franchises famously not fond of one another. We talked to uh, Joey Z about this. We talked to Craig Elston about this. Um, they both seem to think that some of the more uh, antagonistic, uh, pugilistic players might not get as much playing time uh, in favor of more skilled players. Um, any sense as to uh, as to what kind of lineup the Rain might might uh, favor heading into this matchup?
3: Well, I think it's gonna to depend too if Curtis McDermott can come back. I mean, he missed the last nine games of the regular season with an upper body injury, has been trying to come back, finally skating this week, um, with contact. So, um, he's one of those players that, you know, plays on the edge and uh can fight. And the other guy on for the goals is Bickle. And so, um, I think if McDermott's in the lineup they're probably gonna want a guy like Bickle in the lineup. I thought Bickle kinda of, um, took advantage of maybe some of the rain players um, in fights in these last couple of games of the regular season, because he didn't have to answer to a guy like McDermott. Um, they're a pretty even, um, even fight, I guess you could say, but um, I, it's, it's hard with Bickle too, because I feel like he is that enforcer type. Whereas with McDermott, I mean, he does a lot of other things. He isn't just out there to fight. So mm. um, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I think it's looking like that McDermott will be available in this series. And if he's, if he's in there, I would imagine Stubickle would be in for the goals.
1: Well, it's going to be a fascinating series, uh ping pong <laughs> format. Like we said, one in San Diego, one in Ontario, one in San Diego. And then hopefully um, the rain will have wrapped it up by then, but if not, <laughs> then uh, back to Ontario. Uh, Lindsay, I want to thank you as always for joining me. Thanks
3: for having me, Jesse.
1: Joining me now, the voice of the San Diego Gulls, Craig Elston. How are you doing today, Craig?
0: Doing well. Uh, getting ready for this puck to drop here.
1: <laughs> the uh, the Ontario Reign face off against your San Diego Gulls uh, tomorrow night, although by the time people are listening to this, it will be tonight, I suspect, in San Diego for a best-of-five first-round series. Uh, last year, the Reign beat the Gulls in the second round of the Calder Cup playoffs. Why is this season going to be different for your Gulls, Craig?
0: Well, it's certainly a, a differently uh, shaped team than last year, and I, I think uh, both squads would agree to that. The Gulls uh, finished this season with six more points than last year, but a uh, significantly uh, higher-scoring team uh, finished, I believe, as the sixth or seventh-highest-scoring team in the league while uh, also finishing top six in defense. And the Gulls bring... a, a greater level of depth and versatility to the ice than they did in 2015-16. I think they've got a better situation in net. Uh, I think there you could make the argument that without Brandon Montour or Shane Theodore on the team, maybe there's not quite as dynamic a blue line, but I think it's still a group of six that is uh, pretty deep and talented and reliable. And then uh, up front, when the Gulls are at full strength, Dallas Eakins has tough choices to make just how to get all of his uh, talented, skilled wingers on the ice at the same time. So, uh, this should be a team that features four quality lines on Friday night.
1: Now, I, I, as most Kings fans, I think we're hoping that the injuries to the Ducks would cause a, a bulk of players from the Gulls to be called up. But today, uh, the Gulls get back. I'm sure I'm going to butcher his name, but Andres Cash, is that how you pronounce him? Uh, Kasha, yeah. Kasha, Kasha. yeah. Uh,
0: they, and by the way, Jesse, uh, it was Kase before he made it up to the NHL. Sure. <laughs> and then when he got to the league, he announced that it was Kasha. So, well, I'm so sure you Kasha, remember
1: former uh, Duck and King Robert Long, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. Right. Who <laughs> went
1: back and forth between pick. Robert Long and Robert right. Lang. and Long and Lang, and, yeah, and then yeah. it's
0: Long, and it just, right? it just depends <laughs> on whether I guess he got a hat trick that day or not. Yep. Um, yeah, so... It, Yeah, well, and you're right that, you know, just the fact that uh, Kasha is currently the player who's pretty much the press box scratch for the Ducks in the playoff run, their emergency depth, but they want to keep him sharp. So seeing as Anaheim swept their series and they're going to have probably a week here in between series sending Kasha down for the weekend uh, and getting him a couple of games to keep his skates wet, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. I'm not expecting him to stay with the team. For the duration of the series but i think he's here this weekend
1: you referenced better goaltending uh the name should be familiar to king's fans uh you've got jonas enroth in net how's he performing for the goals
0: you know enroth came in at the start or about halfway through february uh, january pardon me and played the majority of february and was really the uh rock behind san diego's hottest stretch of play when they went 11-0-1 uh, facing nothing but playoff teams uh, in in that late January, early February stretch, had two shutouts during that time. Uh, he would lead the league in goals against and save percentage if uh, he had played enough games to qualify for the AHL final season stats. And, you know, the thing that Enroth has brought to the net, Jesse, is, is calmness presence. Uh, yeah. He can make a bonus save and, and he's, at times when he's been at his peak made one a game one or two a game for san diego but the thing that really stands out to me watching Enroth is that even with traffic around him even in chaotic situations the puck gets to him and it stops it just he'll swallow it up he doesn't allow a lot of rebounds when he does he doesn't generally allow them in the prime scoring areas and that is the key, obviously, to success, uh, and especially in the playoffs, keeping those second chances away.
1: I mean, you're right. You're right about his numbers. He's performing the way you'd expect an NHL starter to perform at the AHL in 18 games, of 1.73 goals against, uh 9.36 save percentage, with two shutouts. Uh, is there anybody that you fear on the rain that you think has a, a better than average chance of beating uh, Enroth on a consistent basis?
0: You know, I think clearly Brzezinski has established himself as the best goal scorer uh, on the reign. I think he, especially on the power play, has shown ability when he's facing the net, good rest shot, uh, good from, you know, maybe the top of the circles down, uh, not as big a guy in front of the net, but he's gotten a couple of tip goals against San Diego as well. You know, last year, Backman was the guy, Sean Backman, who always seemed to find a way to weasel a puck into the net against <laughs> San Diego. And uh, this year, for me, the guy that, I mean, first, you always talk about Vincent Laverdi because he's their defensive captain, but he's also the captain of that power play. And, and to me, I, I will look at the power play stats at the end of this series and see if they have a direct correlation to winning because uh, the rain have performed pretty much to their season numbers against San Diego on the power play. They've been at about 20%. The Gulf have been horrid. They've been four out of 45 on the power play against Ontario. Uh, More than if San Diego scores a lot, it's whether they can keep the rain power play down uh, that to me is going to be a major factor in this series, and when I think about them doing well on the power play, I think about Hensick and Laverty moving the puck and, and getting it into the right spots.
1: The format is uh, one game a piece at, at each team's arena, back and forth until the five-game series is completed. Do you think that format helps the Gulls or hurts the Gulls?
0: I call it ping pong format. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like that. I'm gonna steal that. Back and forth, yeah. <laughs> ping ponging up and down the 15. Uh, I think. The back and forth doesn't necessarily help either team. I think the time between game, uh, between the end of the season and game one, which was six days, and the time between games two and three, also six days, uh, potentially helps the Gulls. And specifically because, again, Ontario's roster is set, right? The Kings are already eliminated. There's <laughs> no further surprises to, to be had. Whereas for the Gulls, every day we go further down the road offers at least a, a hint of clarity as the Ducks move into the second round of the playoffs. And, you know, this is a, a Gulls team, Jesse, that just two weeks ago was completely wrecked by injury. I mean, wrecked. The Ducks had that rash of blue line injuries all at once yep. where they called up both Theodore and Megna away from the team, uh, along with Kasha. And then, Uh, simultaneous to that, the Gulls lost four forwards uh, to injury all within a span of two games. Well, it looks like all of those forwards, all four of them will be back in the lineup for Friday, but still a couple of those guys will be playing, you know, first game in three weeks, first game in two weeks. So uh, having those five days in between, normally I'd really be against that. Like, I don't like, Stopping momentum down in a playoff series for five days uh, as, you know, great for the ticket sales department, not great for for hockey and for hockey continuity. But I think just given the the nature of both the Ducks being alive in the playoffs and the Gulls having a number of guys coming back from injury, uh, I think those five days or six days in between games two and three could potentially be an, a strategic advantage to San Diego.
1: Uh, these two teams notoriously not large fans of one another. Um, Obviously, (laughs) obviously Bickle uh, getting his nose in some trouble over the last handful of games. Uh, Brain fans worried that uh, Kevin McDermott may wind up doing something ill advised. Who are, who are we looking out for on the goals roster to, uh, to, (laughs) to get a little bloody in this series?
0: Right. Well, I mean, you brought up Curtis McDermott. I mean, you know, that's, Honestly, that's the kind of thing I think about in terms of this series is I think back to last season and uh, how in game four, after Matt Hackett had been playing really well, the rain took a couple of runs at him in the first period uh, and maybe changed the series a little bit. They didn't injure him, but they got it maybe under his skin uh, a little bit. And I, I think either one of these teams with a hard hit in the corner, that's how it's going to be determined. I'm going to be honest with you, Jesse. I will be surprised if Stu Bickle draws into the Gulf lineup in this series. He's been playing at defenseman, And if there is one team that, that doesn't really feature the speed, whereas maybe Stu could keep up with him, that might be Ontario. The Rain aren't the fastest team. Uh, but – Generally, Bickle playing on the blue line isn't a great look for the San Diego Gulls. Bickle's toughness certainly is is a look that the gulls appreciate. But uh, I think you won't see him, and that means that if Scott Saron's in the lineup, the X rain uh, is the gulls, so to speak, tough guy. but um I, I really look for the series to be different. I look for the the big hits to be. Uh, the way that the toughness comes out as opposed to the dropping of the gloves. Uh, I think that stuff kind of stops at the water's edge at, at the end of the regular season. And of course I'm going to be wrong and there's going to be three fights <laughs> in the
1: first two periods. But, I'm sure game uh, one will know, have a uh, B- uh, uh, on D uh, or just to uh, Right. <laughs> Stu well, Good. you know,
0: and if that happened, right. If, if somehow Bisonette and McDermott <laughs> draw in, well then maybe you do see a pickle or, you know, a James Malindy who the, the Gulls picked up at the end of the year and had like 230 PIMs in the ECHL. And that guy was throwing against uh, the Reigns' Joel Lowry last Friday. So, uh, you know, it's good to know that you've got that in reserve. I just I, I have a strong feeling that this one's going to be uh, decided more conventionally. I know because I heard Dallas Eakins, the head coach of the Gulls, say this just a couple of hours ago. He talked about how in the playoffs, is there any worse feeling than being in the box when a te- when you give up a goal? You know, being in the penalty box and knowing that the, that the penalty you took maybe cost your team a playoff game, maybe cost your team a playoff series. You know, and he said there's that big, important line between intensity and stupidity. You know, <laughs> those are his words. And uh, I, I, I do strongly believe the goals know they want to stay on the line on the intensity side. <laughs>
1: it, it's a it is a fine line. Uh you mentioned uh former rain Scott Saberin. Uh obviously uh Jonas Enroth uh played for the Kings. You've also stolen Jordan Samuels Thomas and uh and 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 Schultz from us. Um, yep. Any other players you want to try and uh, smuggle uh, across the 15 during the series? Well, you know, I mean, if you want to hand off Laverdi we'll take
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, but, uh, it's not I'll up say, to me. I'll say this, yeah, not, not an option, right? Um. You know, Jess Schultz has been here the entire year from the preseason, and I think he has performed his task. Admirably, and to the level that the organization wanted, which was to be that steady, quiet, veteran presence, kind of your blue-collar, you know, punch clock uh, defenseman for the San Diego Gulls. Uh, you know, he's he's been pretty much everything, you know, the metronome, right? Just tick tick tick. No nothing flashy uh, about Jeff Schultz. Jordan Samuels Thomas is one of the three most important players on the gulf this year i i feel very good about saying that when when he came to the team you know he should have made the team out of out of camp that was probably one of the only mistakes the gulls have made this year was not having jst break camp with the team they're lucky they didn't lose him when he was in the east coast league for a couple of weeks because he doesn't belong there he's certainly an ahl player and What he has brought to San Diego is every little thing that helps a team win a game. You know, the the willingness to to, to deliver or take a big hit at the blue line and get a puck loose. Penalty killing. He's easily the goal's best penalty killing forward. Taking tough face-offs. Puck protection and possession uh, in the corner. Samuel's Thomas has been a guy who uh, set personal highs for goals and, and points this year. You know, finished uh, double digits plus in the plus-minus, uh, but just does every little physical, smart, heady team-first play that you could ever ask for. And you know, guys like that often, to me, wind up being you know dramatically undervalued uh, because you look at him, if you're a scout, if you look at him externally, you say, okay, he doesn't have the foot speed. You know, he's not going to be able to get up and down the ice the way that you you want to have your power forward do. But man, he sacrifices. He makes every smart decision. And I think there's a a strong correlation between Jordan Samuels Thomas and winning. And, And you'll always find him on a winning team. I couldn't be happier that he's on San Diego's side.
1: Well, in this one rare case, I hope you're wrong, uh, cause obviously I'm pulling, I'm <laughs> pulling for the rain. But, uh, Craig is the man who was the first person to tell me that Luke Robitaille was traded away from the Los Angeles Kings back in 1994. Uh, I have yeah. to, I have to ask you now, uh, what you think about his appointment as a uh, president of hockey operations. Uh, well, president yeah. of, all, of all operations uh, for the L.A. Kings. Of all
0: operations. Yeah. I mean, I'm wishing him the very best, I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, I'm never going to stop loving Lucky. It's just the way it's going to be. I'm going to be a Luke Robitaille fan my entire life. And uh, that one black Kings sweater that I, I <laughs> now had to unfortunately tuck in the closet because, you know, <laughs> if someone saw me holding it, uh, it could be trouble with the team that pays my bills. But... Uh, I always wanted to get that one leathered uh, for Luke Robitaille with the number twenty jersey. I'm I'm excited for him. I'm curious, by the way, you know Rob Blake, who's been running things in Ontario, also moving up, and I'm I'm curious to see uh, how he performs. But uh, you know, wishing wishing well. I think it's interesting to me from an outsider perspective that uh, you know what have you done for me lately? Right, two <laughs> cups yeah, in three sports. years. We were kind of. <laughs> Yeah, we we were kind of looking forward to that uh, for years as a guy who grew up a Kings fan uh, to to lift those cups. But I guess Daryl Sutter's a guy who who's got five years on his clock, and then it's got to move on, eh?
1: That's I mean that is the the life we have all chosen, right? Sports is a is a a turnover industry. It is, and uh, I think I think that this is a move that you know if
0: it's a, if it's a Half step right, uh, to the side to to recalibrate to go forward. I, I think the Kings are, are a quality organization and uh, are gonna are gonna make that move. I I do see. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to knock it, but I mean, I do see that maybe part of the reflection is guys like Mersh, Kempe, Auger, who didn't supremely break through out of the minors the way that you look at a, a Theodore or a Montour or akasha or a nation who then went on to the devils but you know guys who broke through and became full-time nhl players this year
1: yeah i mean it's one of those questions right that i mean that's one of the things that fascinates me about the the analytics arguments about sports is it's it's these wonderful science experiments that you can never perform the other half of right like Right. We, we can never. Yeah. There's no control. Right. Right. We can never rewind the clock and say, "Well, if they hadn't done as well as they had, and if they had drafted higher, would they have more players that could break through?" You know, I mean, it, there's just unfortunately, there's just no way of knowing. You can only make your decisions, and uh, and I hope it pays off. But yeah, it, it's. I think that probably played a role in it. Um Craig, I want to thank you as always for joining me.
0: Well, I'm going to probably wind up stealing that at uh, some point down the road, Jesse. About now in sports you never get to go back and do the other half of the oh, experiment please do. That, please was, do. that was that was some that was good stuff man. that was good stuff that's some sports talk radio uh spun gold right
1: there well i was I'm gonna find a way
0: to work that into and someone's gonna think i'm really smart and Ooh. they're gonna be like eh, you know meanwhile well... you and i will know that You gave it to me on this podcast right
1: here. Well, I'll, uh, I'll fill you in with some more context. I was thinking about the the firings in Buffalo, and I was looking at the first three seasons under Terry Murray as compared to the first three seasons of Dean Lombardi in L.A. And I was seeing some some parallels. Obviously, they're two totally different teams. And I just thought to myself, well, isn't that fascinating? Because, uh, as I said, we can't find out. Uh, what would happen if if the Kings had fired Lombardi after three years? And now we'll never know how the Buffalo Sabers would have progressed next season, right? On you know if right. they, if they had retained Bilesma and Murray. But I have a sneaking suspicion the Buffalo Sabers will continue to get better, and the new regime will take credit for it, uh, despite <laughs> the work that Murray and Bilesma put in. But that's fine. That's sports. <laughs> um, that's sports. But there you go. But anyway, hopefully, Craig, we can talk to you as the series progresses. And uh, I wish begrudgingly wish you and your team the best of luck.
0: Hey, look, uh, you know, we're at the point now, right, where we just kind of nod across the the field. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, the tipping of the helmet across the field. Because I got to tell you, Jesse, I mean, it's fun. It's the way it's supposed to be, I guess. But I really, I truly believe that in the AHL Pacific, the two model franchises are the San Diego Gulls and the Ontario Reign. They are the franchises that have created the best synergy between their NHL parent clubs and themselves, the teams that have done the best job of creating a fan base, the teams that have done the best job of filling their arena, uh, You know, creating something that is real unto themselves. And it just is sickeningly appropriate that every year these teams are running into each other where one must advance and one must die at the other's hands uh in the playoffs. And if that if it happens six straight years, so be it. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me because, you know, and maybe the Gulls win three times and the Rains win the Rain win three times. I don't know. But I just think there's almost like kind of a, a fun inevitability to it that, you know, along the way these teams are going to meet and it's going to be playoffs and and, and, and as daniel day lewis would say there will be play.
1: <laughs> I, i'm all for it for no other reason than i'd much rather watch a game in san diego than in stockton and bakersfield no disrespect to uh to <laughs> you and me both all right well we'll see you at the games uh, craig thanks very much take care jesse